Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Well, hi, I'm Kelly. Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm Hi. not used to sitting in the middle. <laughs> I'm so. Brooke. Hey, Brooke. As you might, have, as you might have gathered, uh, Gabe is on this podcast, but he is not hosting. So um, we have our friend and comedian, Brooke Cardis, today as our guest. Hello, Hello, Brooke. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, happy to have you. This is our third time having you? I think it's only our second. Mm. Is it our third? It's at least a third. Oh, wow. I was I- like, you've done it with me. You've done it with Pat. No, wait, you've done it with Gabe. And now we're doing it the third time. Oh, that's true. Yes. Hat trick. Just call me Pat. I might have. <laughs> I need more of a mustache. You do need more body hair <laughs> everywhere is the rule with Pat's earring. So you had one time with Gabe, one time with me, and now you get us both. That's fantastic. I'm so excited. <laughs> sounds <laughs> ideal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, whatever you're into. But yeah, it sounds pretty good. All right. So you were just on, uh, apparently, the last stand-up for choice of the year is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Amber's moving on and really exciting. And she's moving out of the country. We are all very jealous. Yeah. <laughs> to um, Canada. To Canada, to way more lax laws. Toronto. Um, yeah. One of my favorite cities in the world, actually. So I'm really excited for her. Uh, and Pat's going to continue, of course, stand up for choice, but it might look like a little bit different. Might uh, be getting different. a new co-host. Yeah. So that's exciting. Uh, and certainly it's been an amazing run so far they've raised over fifteen thousand dollars right that's that's really incredible i mean you know pat deering and amber falter uh to to do something that they were doing anyways you know not that they were producing a regular series of comedy but but doing stand-up comedy and saying hey why don't we just do this and fundraise on the side and turned it into this incredible comedy series. Oh, I know. And I really, if you listed it out, so if you're like, hey, we're going to do a weeknight show with no seating. I'm just kidding. There's some seating if you want to come. <laughs> on a Tuesday. Uh, yeah, a, on a Tuesday. At a well-known rock bar. Yeah, you know, and, just, and it was just really, it's spectacular how it all has come together and continues to come together. And I would like to point out, I bought an airbrushed abortion hat. Oh, me too. And I am, <laughs> I am excited that the show raised fifteen thousand dollars for important causes. And also, I'm really excited that I left my airbrushed abortion hat. <gasps> oh no! In my car when oh. I brought it to the mechanic, oh. and I really just cannot wait to pick it up my car. <laughs> wow! And see where it is in the car. Like, see if they tried it on, or maybe it scared them. They don't want to touch it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I feel like Stand for Choice, not only like it in of itself has been a really great fundraiser, but it's inspired like a lot of like other miniature fundraisers within Stand Up for Choice. So there's like the annual bake bake sale that we've been doing of like vulgar cookies and cupcakes. Yeah. yeah. Um there's now the airbrushed abortion hats yeah. brought to you by your local state fair. <laughs> Against their will, I'm sure. <laughs> uh it's uh yeah, it's like fundraiser inception. Which yeah. I like. I like the opportunity if you want to come you can spend a few bucks just on admission and enjoy the show. But if you really want to drop like $20, 30 $40, right. you can also do that. Yeah, we've sold our shirts. You've sold your Stop Booking Rapist shirts. That's mm-hmm. just a, any, if you need cool and often very unique feminist swag, Stand Up for Choice is the place to get it. It is. It is unique feminist swag central. That's a really good way of putting it. So yeah, yeah. so we're really excited about the show. And I think comedians, we always get the question, you know, is your comedy political? Yes. Um, and it was, it's just so refreshing to be able to do a show where I don't have to worry about that question. <laughs> um, and the answer is yes. Comedy, my comedy is political because 
um, I'm alive. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. <laughs> I've, I've never gotten that question. I think people just kind of assume it based That's on really nice. who, who I am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's always the question and it's like, I mean, my comedy is political all the time, I guess, but it depends on the setting. When I'm like doing a bar in Chillicothe, it feels more political. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's not, it's the same jokes, you know, it just feels more radical. It's just a scarier audience. It's, it's just certainly more fun. I would say in a different way, scary, like adrenaline rush. Scary. <laughs> a, I think those audiences are fun because like, you still make them laugh even though they are way more uncomfortable about it. So I think you're having an easier time changing minds that way. Oh, yeah. I loved it. There was a woman in the front row knitting and she was like 72. Goals. And yeah, right. I was like, bring something to do. Tactile learner. Awesome. And uh, she didn't laugh at anyone. And I went on stage and I think I got two chuckles. Hey, that's, um, that's, that's more than the other folks got. Yeah. She also had a red baseball hat on that wasn't an abortion hat. And I, you can put together what the red baseball hat was. Oh, no. Yes. So it was really interesting to get up there and like to just see the MAGA hat in the front row. Like sometimes you see them in your peripheral, but it was just right there. And mm. afterwards she said, uh, you were my favorite and you weren't even that good. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. That's, can I put that on my tagline? Like that is... Such a compliment from you. That's great that I made you laugh twice. You were my favorite. <laughs> and you weren't that good. Yeah. So, um, that, I know. That's a scary compliment. You were my favorite. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, I kind of feel threatened, but I know you're being nice about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, nice threatening. So, uh, I, I know from previous podcasts that you went to Catholic school. <laughs> from everything I talk about, Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like you also did not used to be pro choice. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about that. How'd you, how'd you get to where you are uh, from, uh, anti-choice devout Catholic straight girl to the opposite of that? Yeah. Reading is really (laughs) what did it and stats. Um, no, yeah, I grew up my, the first thing I could draw and still to this day, the only thing I can really draw is what a giant red rose. I'm really good at drawing anti-choice propaganda. I thought I was going to go somewhere else. Right? I know, yeah. But I'm really good. It's very George O'Keefe, even now. <laughs> I was like, red roses can be... That's yeah. transferable skills. It is, it is. <laughs> it is great <laughs> for all my murals. Um, <laughs> yeah, I grew up in a really strict anti-choice household. And I think what was interesting for me, and, and still to this day with my family, is uh, they vote, if they're single-issue voters, and abortion is this huge... Um, is oftentimes their single issue. Well, I mean, for Catholic voters, it's always been abortion. It's really like within the last 40 years or so that like evangelicals have made it their issue too. So Yeah, yeah. And I think certainly post-Vatican II in the Catholic Church, there was this huge push. And I find it really interesting. And, and I forget sometimes um, how, how intense it was. But I think really it wasn't necessarily all statistics and reading. I, I was kind of joking. But I think it's experience and knowing people who have needed um, abortions or have wanted abortions, which is also valid. So just you don't need it to live. You can also just want abortion. That's the level of access that is constitutionally valid. Um, and I think we forget when we look at the data and the stats, which are also really important, that sometimes to change minds, um, you need to have someone close to you go through something um, where they needed a service that maybe is tr- attempting to be criminalized. And I think that that's really important. Uh, there's a really cool, cool peer research study about the concept of harm. And liberals feel harm. This is a conservative liberal study, so it's not about Democrat or conservative or Democrat or Republican. And I think that's really valuable. 
liberals feel harm on a community base. So like who in my community is being harmed and people who identify as conservative feel harm if it's in their family. And that term family is extremely narrowly construed. So sister, brother, maybe aunt or uncle, grandma. Um, so for me as someone who identifies as liberal, when my community is being harmed, my community of women or people who need access to reproductive rights or reproductive justice, I feel that harm very personally. Whereas someone who maybe identifies as more conservative, if it's outside of their family unit, they don't feel it the same way. Yeah. I mean, data and statistics is very valuable, but it it is, it does, it's very important to realize that there are real people behind that data and statistics. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's devastating and really terrible. Uh, but I think it's, it's helped me kind of have conversations with my family to try to, I'm not gonna be able to change their minds necessarily about one issue, but if I can get them to branch out from being single issue voters, they may access and, and bring their vote to politicians that have closer to my views or, or, or are certainly more open to my views. For sure. Um, yeah, it's always been interesting to like how conservatives have like um, the monopoly on like what is and is not family values. Um, especially when you're thinking about like that concentrated like idea of family as like mm. a nuclear two parents two child household versus like my family is not my family. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it is weird. Like the, it is a monopoly on family values and it doesn't make sense. Queer people have been making their own families. I'm watching Pose. Queer people have been making fam- their own families for, you know, ever really and partially out of need because we've been kicked out of our own biological families. Right. And I, I, I think now people think the LGBTQ movement is one so we don't think about it but there is still no statewide protection for LGBTQ folks and in most of the majority of states there's not. For, so that's housing, public accommodation, employment and we still have to make our own families ideologically. Because even if we are not being kicked out for being gay or queer, um, maybe our financial support is pulled. And in college, that could mean a lot. That could mean everything. Or maybe we are kicked out emotionally. And I think that's also something our generation is really feeling of, okay, well, now I still, my mom still calls. We still chat. We talk about the weather and our health. And then we hang up and there's no actual connection. And where do I find my real support in times of need? And that's in people who share my ideology and, and my, my values. Yeah. I mean, marriage may be a family value, but it's not the be all end all of like getting <laughs> equal rights. Funny how that works. Marriage is a tax loophole. <laughs> yes. Oopsie. Ooh, I'm take a drink of water. It's the morning. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Thursday. Why not get wild? <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, oh, I actually, I also want to talk, you're one of the co-producers or co-creators of Queer Bomb too, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that, because I'm actually trying to go this year, or yeah, this month. Yeah, come, it'll I be I have so no fun. idea what this thing is. It's Please really explain. cool. It's a, it's a big-ass dance party. That is exactly the definition we're going for. Yeah, so it's a really inclusive queer dance party that um, I'm really lucky that the manager at Two Truths, uh, who's just fantastic, uh, we've been collaborating on this with um, folks around the city and what we're really trying to do is make an inclusive dance party and redefine what inclusivity means. So certainly all genders are welcome, but we want to really focus on inclusion and not diversity. So welcoming people, making sure that everyone feels comfortable and in a really segregated LGBTQ community here, 
we want to make sure that people of color and black and brown people, especially trans folks, have a space where they can let loose and not have to worry and not have to give up stuff about what they look like and who they are and who their friends are. And we really have tried to create a space uh, along with Butterfly, who is a burlesque dancer and performer with the Velvet Hearts here in Columbus that is inclusive and unapologetically queer. So that is the third Friday of every month. And uh, we've had just a really amazing turnout. Um, the bar, the bars, the bar's been amazing. And I think what I love about Two Truths, uh, the bar, is that it is in the space of the old Blazers. Did you ever go to Blazers, Gabe? <laughs> Does he look like a Blazers man? You know what? You don't know with Gabe. He's kind of, you know what I mean? You, you <laughs> scratch the surface and he'd be like, yeah, I did karaoke there every Tuesday. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what his deal is. So tell me, Gabe, have you been to Blazers? I, I, I don't believe so. No? Okay. Well, Blazers was... Have you been to Blazers? No. When did it close? I don't even know. Oh, God. It must have closed six or seven years ago. But Blazers, I moved here in 2014, so... Okay. You might have just missed it. It was an iconic, I would say, like, you know, classic lesbian bar. Oh. Okay. There's only one of those left. I'm upset. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Wall Street. Yeah. It was very... It, it's like, It was small... Long bar, really good karaoke. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller cut out by the Miller Light rainbow sign. <laughs> like that's the vibe. And like now, it would still have that up, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's. But again, uh, Karen Blazer was, in my opinion, a trailblazer in uh, the Columbus lesbian community specifically, and just like had a bowling league and just again created this community space. You could get a cheap beer any night of the week, and she'd be behind the bar, just talking trash and hanging out. So Blazers has an incredible queer history in Columbus. And Two Truths, while it's not a gay bar or a queer bar. Might as well be. Right. I mean, it's an incredibly uh, diverse staff across um, all lines, which is really fantastic. And we have to do this now. Like, queer people have to make space, and it's kind of a queer takeover. I mean, they also do, like, um, burlesque shows, like, once a month there. I think they might be one of the places that is having the pop-up strip show or strip like pop-up strip club that's something that's happening yeah 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 i've heard about that and we run a comedy show uh the third wednesday of every month and then uh queer bomb is the second friday i might have said third friday but it's a queer bomb second friday and then comedy's third wednesday and the comedy is also a queer takeover because it's me and angie healy right (laughs) and we don't know how to book straight people just kidding (laughs) just kidding we had a straight who was the straight it was great dan seabree Oh, he's, uh, he's an approachable, lovely straight. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I work with him in, in Dayton because he helps put together our Dayton Stand Up for Choice. Awesome. Let's talk about Dayton. Oh, Dayton. Let's talk about... There's a lot happening in Let's Dayton. Let's talk about good, fun Dayton things before good, we fun go Dayton to things. other Dayton things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me something good. What's Dayton Stand Up for Choice? Dayton yeah. Stand Up for Choice is much like the beginning of our show. Uh, it's a stand-up comedy show for a pro-choice cause. Um, we've kind of been the instigators in happy, having this happen in Dayton. Um, I would love to have it happen and not us not always be the beneficiary. I just want it to happen to happen because I love Dayton and, and it deserves a space like that. Right. Um, Can I pause you right there? And, and there's a point about Stand Up for Choice uh, that you just hit on uh, that I, I think needs emphasizing. Um, it, it benefited us, but it benefited Planned Parenthood, Women Have Options, ACLU, ACLU Ohio, Root. Root. I mean, um, the... Some Puerto Rican cause after the hurricane. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's gone all, it's gone not only all over central Ohio, but like everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean the wide range of reproductive healthcare organizations that these comedians, that Brooke, you guys have been benefiting, not just in dollar value, but in scope, I think is tremendous and, and totally noteworthy. I just want to throw that out there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, I love that because I think people think, especially, um, folks who may be, uh, don't think about reproductive rights more holistically. We don't think about all of the ways reproductive justice hits on all of these issues, you know? And I think like that's a good reminder that reproductive justice sneaks its way into so many issues and causes and levels of oppression and privilege that we don't necessarily think about. So I think it's really valuable to say, you know, you're not just supporting one organization. Um, Certainly you want to support uh, pro-choice organizations, but know that reproductive justice is an issue that hits so many communities in so many ways. Yeah, they did the National uh, Black Mamas Bailout in May so yes. for their Mother's Day show. So yeah, just the whole scope of reproductive rights, health, and justice. It's yeah. totally awesome. Yeah. So okay. we're, try- we're trying to make it happen in Dayton, too. <laughs> yeah. So back to Dayton. Yeah. We're, Dayton. Um, the next State of for Choice in Dayton is going to be the 20th of August this month. Awesome. It's going to be a toxic brew company. Um, they're a good group of dudes they're awesome uh it's in the oregon district secret about dayton that i'm going to tell you about that i've been telling people for months actually is that i do a lot of my christmas shopping in the oregon district and I my love. family and friends love all the gifts i get and i they open them do you hit up at heart, heart mercantile i do and brim which is owned by is a lesbian owned with the dog um, hat store like what is it called haberdashery haberdashery yeah uh yeah with a with a french bulldog as a mascot named guinness so obviously i live there sorry do they make hats for dogs or for people unfortunately people. just people okay but the hats are good sure small so they could probably fit on like a big dog um <laughs> i wanted a nice sun hat and they didn't really have any last time i wandered in there i was upset oh, a lot of a lot of trilbies and fedoras yes a fair amount of fedoras if you this is your fedora depot but i i love it and i love the my family is um, not for, I'm not from Ohio and I have no family here, a biological family. And, um, whenever they open some like, you know, purple muff in the winter and they're like, where did you get this amazing gift? I love being like Dayton, <laughs> seeing their face be like, Moo. so I am just such a big fan of Dayton and love supporting the businesses there. Um, I love Dayton. I love the Oregon district. Um, and, uh, the news this week has not been so kind to the Oregon district. Nope. Um, on Sunday, I guess morning, technically it was really late at night slash early morning. There was a shooter this this week in Dayton, uh, killed nine, injured 20. Um, the six of the nine murdered were black and three were white. And apparently, um, the sibling of the shooter was killed and it is potential. It has come out that the, that the sibling was potentially a trans man. So, ah, yeah. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. I don't know if they were out to their family, so I don't know if I feel comfortable outing them on the radio, but I just well, did. Um, there's stories about it, so. Well, but that's such a, it's such a remarkable intersection. Right. That, you know, would have been erased and needs to be discussed because so many trans people aren't out to their families, aren't out to their doctors, because they can't be. Yeah. Um, so this shooting happened at Ned Pepper's, which, as I understand it, is... Uh, has like the most of the patronage to that bar is is black um so we don't know the motiv- motivations behind the shooting other than like bad um, right yeah i i was listening to coverage on it on on npr and it was it was 
national coverage. It wasn't a local reporter, but they were saying that race is not a motive. And I'm, I get what they mean when they mm-hmm. say that, but mm-hmm. when you fire a semi-automatic weapon, a high number of rounds into a crowd of all black people, that to me is a racist action. And so right, yeah. maybe <laughs> that guy wasn't a racist when he got out of the car, but he was by the time he finished pulling the trigger. I mean, right. He I mean, was the worst worst racist in Ohio that day, right. you know. Yeah. And sure. that's a it's a tough mantle. So, yeah. So. And I mean, um, regardless of whether or not it was a race issue, it was um, definitely an example of toxic toxic masculinity. Absolutely. Um, the shooter yeah. had a lot of like people from his high school come out and be like. Nah, this guy had like a had a rape list and like a kill list. And that's what I don't understand. Is again, that's the the reoccurring theme and the intersectionality of, you know, misogyny and violence in our culture is just always ignored. Right. Read a think piece from an ex girlfriend of his, and I was just like, Ugh. oh god, the word think piece or the phrase think piece just <laughs> makes me nauseous now. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. <laughs> Read my think piece on Medium. I won't. Oh. I uh, won't do I it. I will not. You cannot make me. <laughs> I cannot. Please um, don't make me. Speaking of garbage on the internet, yeah, we're gonna talk about Candace Keller, which I am honestly <laughs> thrilled that people outside of Ohio are real, and people inside Ohio are finally realizing the garbage that is representative candace keller people around the world it's amazing it's beautiful tell me about your so okay so for all of you who aren't aware somehow face got real jazzed i mean fired up so you talk to me about your relationship with candace keller because i am just learning about her really and as someone who is pretty active in ohio politics i am disappointed in myself and and a lot of her double-breasted jackets but mostly (laughs) myself and i would love to hear your you just lit up. So what is what's happening? Candace Keller is currently under investigation uh, for uh, under ethic ethics investigation because she was also initially a co-sponsor of the tax credit bill for um, fake women's health centers. She runs a fake women's health center oh. in the Middletown area, um, which means that anybody who donated, to, including herself, to her own CBC would get a fifty percent kickback from the state of Ohio if this bill Shut was passed. Up, yeah. And I mean, the Ugh. the budget also has a $7.5 million allocation to fake women's health centers. So like Candace is just raking in the cash. What a, what an absolute pile of malarkey. Was it, I think like her last 990 for her business, or sorry, her nonprofit was about 50% or so went to her own pocket was her salary. And we don't even know what the hell this business does it's not a it's not a non-profit it doesn't well, help right. people it doesn't help anybody i'm um, just looking her up so i can confirm she's and... like a knockoff jaja gabor yeah <laughs> oh my that gosh is so mean to Kmart gabor. Zsa-Zsa gabor. Um, <laughs> also she proves my point which is a, not all people with bangs are homophobes but a hundred percent of people who are um are homophobes have bangs so no no no, you're fine kelly because that's it's like kleenex tissues tissues kleenex thing right sure. so all kleenex are tissues not all tissues are kleenex sure and i would just want to point some out, of them are puffs exactly exactly yeah and like i just really feel like they try to they you know what i mean they try to hide their hate in the bangs you know for somebody who hates drag queens as much as they do candace keller sure does seem to emulate them as best she can i know those i just googled her and i was like those are some... It's not even a perm. It's like a body wave or something. I don't even know where you get that done. You know where you get that done? You get that done in a small town salon mm-hmm. with an amazing pun for a name. They also do a great purple rinse for ladies with white hair. Yes, like Scissor Sisters <laughs> or something. I don't know if you know this about me, but one of my passions when I'm driving around the country telling jokes, 
I will pull over to take photos of hair salons with good puns in their names. I did not know that. I've almost gotten an accident doing U-turns because I just love them. You would have loved it in my hometown. There was a corset shop. and next What? To, next Specifically door. that sentence. What? There, there was a, a corset and girdle shop, and the next door was a barber shop called Les Butts Barbershop. God. Wait, also, Gabe, were you born in the 1890s? Like, <laughs> that tracks. That makes yeah. sense. If there's going to be one person who's a time traveler, it's going to be Gabe. Yeah. The barber extracted teeth and was the town surgeon. <laughs> oh, that probably Cand- does still happen. In anyway, time. Candace, just hot garbage down the line. Hot garbage. Um, she's a known homophobe, known anti-choicer, a conservative Republican, and she is self-defined. Defined. Um, her comments on Facebook blaming the issue, like, like of who to blame for this mass shooting in Dayton. Um, let's do a dramatic reading of it. Please do. The breakdown of the traditional American family. Thank you, transgender, homosexual marriage, and drag queen advocates. Fatherlessness, a subject no one discusses or believes is relevant. The ignoring of violent video games, the relaxing of laws against criminals open borders the acceptance of recreational marijuana failed school policy hello parents who defend misbehaving students disrespect to law enforcement thank you obama hatred of our veterans thank you professional athletes who hate our flag and national anthem the dem congress many members who are openly anti-semitic the culture which totally ignores the importance of god and the church until they elect a president state office holders who have no interest whatsoever in learning about our constitution and the second amendment and snowflakes who can't accept a duly elected president there's just so much keller concluded the post writing did i forget anybody the (laughs) list is long and the fury will continue the fury will continue into those bangs i'm really impressed that the only amendment that seems to actually matter is the second one yahtzee yahtzee i do like that i do like the strict interpretation of the constitution until it serves them yeah Right. It's just great. I'm, I am I really super duper enjoy it. Um, I think, can we just confirm dra- what is a drag queen advocate? Unclear. Well, I mean, no, I'm I, saying let's define it. I, I would say the three of us would be drag queen advocates. <laughs> we, are, we are not indeed drag queens. No. But we do support and advocate for the benefits and values of the <laughs> drag queen industry. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess the benefits and values. I'm for... I'm for glitter heels. Oh, I I'm just bought some drops. seven inch heels. They're amazing. Yeah, I love. They are a um, nice, like, uh, like shift, like color shift. They like shift from green to blue. Ooh. They're great. And, I love, and this I love wasn't, a wig. Yeah, I love a wig on a weeknight. Lace front. It's good look. Yeah. This wasn't the first time this year that the <laughs> this year in 2019 that the Ohio General Assembly has addressed drag queens because Speaker of the House Larry Holso- Householder was furious. Is that that Little Larry or Big Larry? That's Big Larry. Big Larry. Big Larry H. (laughs) Big Larry was just mad as hell that the Delaware Library was going to have a... Drag Queen Story Hour. Yeah. With just like a drag queen reading a book, sitting in a rocking chair, and then children would listen. That to him was just, we, we cannot have this. Breakdown of the American family. Yeah. Again, back to that concept of family. Right. I was like, like hmm. What family values are you espousing? What, I, do, I, I genuinely don't understand it. I, I don't, is your son just going to like, just up and leave because he's met a drag queen at the age of 10? I can't say that I follow that logic. Right, right. And I think he said more about 
the potential for a drag queen reading children's books in a library than he said about the shooter who executed nine people. Or the state budget. We heard more about a drag queen reading a book. Right. Than like... Than their 17-day late budget. <laughs> yes. Or, yeah, the shooting. I... Oh, not that that narrows it down. The shooting in Ohio. Um, right. However, interestingly enough about the statement from Candace Keller, this is not like a surprise from anybody that knows Representative Keller. Right. This is just like the stuff she espouses all the time. This is just what she actually believes and thinks. Right. Um, but the, the, was it the state chair of the, of the Republican Party? Yep. Jane Timken. Um, has called for the resignation of Randis, of Randis, of Candace Keller. Randace uh, Keller. And, uh, I mean, I, she's not apologetic about this. She believes what she said. So I can't say that I understand why she would resign. Um, and she's not going to. I don't know if she's going to resign. And if she does, she'll run for judge. So She I don't is really actually know. currently running for Senate. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, there has to be something. And, and I think there's the, there's the key there. I, it, it is good that the head of the Ohio Republican Party recognized these statements as being unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Even if they them. also secretly believe what she said. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's good that that statement was made and that that call for resignation was issued. But... They're looking at a potentially, uh, you know, expensive and high-profile primary race that Candace Keller is going to be one of two people running in, mm-hmm. and they don't want her to win. And so, if they can take this opportunity to mm-hmm. call her out right now, then that actually saves them probably cash. Well, I mean, that's that's the later. thing is like they are they aren't saying this because they actually disagree with what or, what they said right. they already didn't want her to to win that senate race right and they don't want and, the, and again they don't like the backlash like this looks really bad for them well right. that's because it is but right. well, it's all optics i feel like the schism in the republican party is it schism is yes saying it right Oh, I just read too many books and had no friends, just like Pat Deering. I like to say words wrong. Uh, but the schism in the Republican Party schism. in Ohio. Is it schism? No, it's definitely schism. schism. I'm sorry. sure? I want it. It's going to be schism. Crevasse. <laughs> what is the word Pat didn't know? Epitome. Epitome. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, Macabre. It's fine. We'll stop the, doing uh, this. The, the no. giant gap. The giant The giant gap. Uh, in our national republic, in the national Republican Party, I think is just kind of being reflected here in these moments of lightning strikes, right? Which is interesting because in Ohio, I don't think that typically happens. Our Republican Party statewide is annoyingly unified um, at the right time. They come together. They do. It's annoying and it's frustrating. Um, so, I guess when you have a majority, it doesn't. You can do that, but and yet I, still get nothing done. Well, right, of course. No, no, no. They don't care about their constituents. I just want to point that out. Uh, They care about power and power only. I just wonder, you know, again, when we will see uh, that that split become more significant. I think we're kind of starting to see those cracks happen, especially in these areas like Dayton. Dayton's so unique. They have Mayor Nan Whaley, who's just absolutely spectacular. Um, And again, these these blue dots in seas of red um, where folks who are voting red are still not seeing anything help their county, help their town. Like their right. their their representatives, their politicians are vote, actively voting against giving them support, resources, and opportunity. Yeah, I mean that's that really just kind of speaks to how gerrymandered Ohio is. Is like every single city um, in Ohio condemned the six week ban or otherwise came out in favor of abortion access, but like the state legislature did not. 
Right. So. Right. Yeah. Because they don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the only Democratic uh, representative to the state house is Fred Strayhorn. Like anyone else from the Dayton area, like everybody is just su- not even like not only just like conservative, but like I can't say this word on the, on the radio. Just nuts. They're just. <laughs> They're just so far right. Well, and you they know, like they put conservative Republican on the sign because just Republican isn't enough. For right, them. right, right, right. And I, I think what's really terrifying about this, and we're kind of seeing this at a national level with uh, Car- Ben Carson, Mitch McConnell, all just got outed as like being paying like a you know a, a GOP operative who has his servers in Russia. Red map. Um, and what was interesting about it to me is that a lot of the talking points that these these statewide and county wide politicians are getting are from these giant operatives. Like they're not actually, these aren't their thoughts, right? We can track them now and we can kind of see, Oh, okay. You just copied and pasted this from an email blast that you got. And you actually have no concept of what you're doing. And the, the culture world wars you're, you're trying to fuel the actual race wars you're trying to, trying to start like, like Manson level race wars are all from, uh, from these talking points or from these emails. And it's like, they're not even thinking about what they're putting out there. And it's so irresponsible. And we see that. We saw that. We saw the results of that in things like El Paso and things like the bomber that was just sentenced to 20 years who was trying to kill Democratic politicians. Oh, man. I'm, my mom is not listening to this. <laughs> Manson-level race wars fueled by GOP <laughs> Russian propaganda. I'm the conspiracy theorist they worry about. Uh, I mean, is it, <laughs> is it a conspiracy theory if it's true? <laughs> I mean, technically, yes, it does fit the definition, but it is, it can be both true and a conspiracy because that's, that's kind of how conspiracies work. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Everything's anyway. going really well. Mm-hmm. I haven't like, I haven't said anything to your mom, to my mom's specific. Well, I mean the family stuff, but you know, I call her, I call her when I have the energy. Uh, here's some of the upcoming events with us here at NARAL Pro Choice Ohio. Yeah. Um, next Saturday, you can volunteer at Toledo Pride with Hannah up in, you know, Toledo. And then the following Saturday, um, we can volunteer at Akron Pride on the 24th of August. Um, there's uh, YMCA Columbus is hosting 100 Voices for Equity on August 28th. I think that's the same week as the big table col- uh, conversation with, like, columbus foundation oh awesome big tables the bomb.com i will not be here i'll mm. be in holland michigan enjoying time with my family what people a who are related to me how unsupportive oh <laughs> the 29th we have august reproductive health happy hour um that benefits our friends at urge um and then september 12th we have the NARAL pro-choice ohio mini golf classic so this is the second year third year we're doing this uh it's at least the second year it's a really terrific event uh it's organized kind of like those uh the the bolathon um charity marathons where you sign up uh with a team join a team uh and then fundraise uh to your friends Get them to contribute to your golf team, uh, and then you put put or put up or shut up. The, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, why yeah. is that? You have to name that next year. It, that that's the official slogan. Oh, put up or shut up. Put up or shut up. Oh, that's great. You can thank our our development intern up in Cleveland. I dig that. I dig that. What's her name? Miranda. Miranda, crushing your marketing. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to come out and see me uh, talk about abortion, 
Uh, please come out to Queer Bomb. It's always the second Friday of every month. And the Nothing But The Truth Comedy Showcase, which is always the third Wednesday of every month. And if you want to check out more details or see me uh, post a lot of selfies, follow me on Instagram at notgayisnhappy with an underscore between each word. And if we put a link in the show notes to buy your album, yeah, what's, what's that link uh, going to be? The album is called I Have Straight Friends and Other Confessions. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's everywhere. Uh, you stream music, and if you don't like me, uh, you can always just listen to the album on mute on Spotify, and I make like a scent. <laughs> so if you just want to do that while you sleep, that would be supporting me in a way where you don't have to listen to my voice, and I'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thanks for having me, y'all. I had a blast. Yeah. Thank you for coming.